Previously on the Untitled Beatles podcast. Male chauvinist pig engineer. <laughs> we are talking about John Lennon's sometime in New York City. I've decided to spend the summer getting back into cheeseburgers. I never got out of cheeseburgers, TJ. I'm super excited, Tony. Let's get right into it. What's the name of track one? Incipient Artistic Suicide. I mean, I've always thought that John would be for Black Lives Matter. I believe that John would be for the Me Too, for the Me Too movement movement and would have been for the for the Mato movement. Me, me, ma, me too. Lennon, you're a pathetic aging revolutionary. Fine, Geraldo's your buddy. Contender for the worst LP by a major musical figure. I bring my own malort to the Billy Goat Tavern and cry. My life is a Rube Goldberg of mistakes. Untitled Beatles podcast. Well, next up is Attica State, a classic. You, I've heard you call this song a classic, TJ. Well, that was my safety school. That's why I love it so much. <laughs> I'll never forget our mascot, the fighting inmates. <laughs> <laughs> September 71, the riots occurred at Attica State Prison. 1,000 inmates took control of the prison, and they held 33 staff members hostage. It lasted days. Ultimately, the police moved in. 39 people died on uh, all sides. Um, And as the Beatles would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Both when when referring to polythene Pam. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I just put that in my notes. Like, here's the 39 people died. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I use that as a way to say, like, wow, you know, we're we're very far removed from the the happy mop top days. And as Lennon would say, I'm glad you enjoyed Hard Day's Night and all that, sister, but I've grown up, you see, or whatever, and I'm writing these songs now. I'm someone who admired you very much. Well, I'm sorry you like the old mop. Tops, dear, and you thought it was, yeah, I was very satirical well, and witty, on the and you liked Hard Day's Night, love, but I've grown up, but you obviously haven't. Have you? Yes, folks. What have you grown up to? No, 29. Yes. Yeah, this song basically is, yeah, straight out of the newsprint uh, artwork of this album, singing about the headlines of the day, the Attica State Prisons. is. Do you think, like, was Lennon, like, in the shadow of uh, Dylan's New York Greenwich Village folk days when he, you know, was in that movement in the early 60s with Baez and everybody trying to change the world with an acoustic guitar? I don't know. I feel like John was four steps past that kind of Dylan Joan Baez revolutionary thing. Cause I feel like Dylan actually used poetry to talk about a lot of his commentary on the village in the sixties. I don't feel like John's poetic John's writing headlines and all his, uh, even the song lyrics are all like headlines more than stories. Everything's just kind of sloganeering. So, so far, 
we have three songs, only two of which have a John composition credit. All three have a Yoko composition credit. That's kind of fascinating. Three songs in too. Yeah. So John wrote this song at that Syracuse birthday party that we uh, mentioned yeah. uh, last week or whenever the, whenever it aired. And uh, yeah, he composed it because I guess that was the news of the day that day around that time. I don't know, man. Free all prisoners everywhere. <laughs> all they want is truth and justice. All they need is love and care. I, I mean... That's the problem. That's a runaway absolute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutes are hard. And that, that one, we have an incarceration problem here in the United States. But I don't know if the answer is freeing all prisoners everywhere. <laughs> Let those rapists out, please. Well, you know, like, uh. <laughs> yeah, but freeing all prisoners is the next best thing to being free as a bird. <laughs> exactly. Next best. Free all the birds. <laughs> Just free the birds. Hello, ladies. You're free now. <laughs> Just keep them away from Phil. <laughs> and the birds and the tweeting. Fucking horns and birds and seagulls and shit. These pigs whistle. Fucking hey, you know, you know what that sounds like a tape delay? Phil. Yeah, I hear it twice as long. Phil. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, but the lyrics are very, very extreme, and the melody is garbage. I prefer this melody or the the the, the feel of the song two years before when the dead the Grateful Dead did Truckin'. <laughs> right. It really does. You could melt this up with Truckin' and throw the verse of this in and the chorus of Truckin', you get a better song. <laughs> what a long, strange trip it's been since I started recording this. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think these. this is one of those songs where, like you were saying, there's no real poetry here. He is just writing uh, headlines, and even John said that a couple years later. I think this is where a lot of those uh, hostile reviews come from songs like attic state yeah although it would be redeemed what in what 79 when magic johnson and uh michigan state went up against larry bird and an attica state in that famous ncaa championship game <laughs> i remember that yeah Well, it segues brilliantly into Born in a Prison, the sad Yoko nursery rhyme, <laughs> a prison called school. This is Yoko's uh, critique of the education system. I don't know, man, from someone that's born into like a, a banking dynasty and has gone to prestigious education her whole life. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe she was the Jeff Spicoli of Sarah Lawrence College. What do I know? That was my skull. She- I'm so wasted. Power to the pizza. <laughs> What does your professor think of this? <laughs> if you're ordering pizzas through middle of class. Power to the pizza. 
Mr. Spicoli, you're on dangerous ground here. You're causing a major disturbance on my time. Watch the sun until it becomes square. That's it. You know, okay, Tony, here's the thing about this tune. Uh, first off, every time she sings the word prison, I cut myself. And I'm recording this from a hospital. Yeah, I'm sorry you had to do this research. Sorry, pal, let's do a different album next week. I do, I do want to just say, because we don't have to put any work into this, Tony. We have a computer called P3's Nets who does all the work. So, hey, P3's Nets, how many times does Yoko say prison in this song? Yoko says the word prison approximately 27 times. Speaking of 27, it's too bad TJ and Tony are too old to join the 27 Club. Thank you, Pete. Whoa, Whoa P3's Unnecessary. Whoa. You can Unnecessary. just give a right answer once in a while. Yeah, geez, wow, lay off, lay off the oil, oil can, P3Z nuts. Yeah. Well, dig some of these kooky grapefruit lyrics. Wood becomes a flute when it's loved. Mirror becomes a razor when it's broken. Look in the mirror, see your shattered fate. Whoa. <laughs> Into a bitchin' sax solo. <laughs> yes. Unlike every other song, this one has a sax solo. Stan the man. The Bronstein. Bronstein! Would you come so Yeah, man, uh, I'll tell you something. I, I do want to say this. Yoko's double-tracked harmonies are better than Paul on the last verse of All My Loving. Fight me. <laughs> so I love that. Hot take followed by fight me. Great. We've really evolved. Um, do you know what else this reminds me of? There's a dumb what? REM waltz that sounds like this. I don't know what oh, it yeah. is, but it's like it's a stipe fetch fest word. I, I prefer Yoko's version to the REM waltz that sounds like this. I can't even, I don't know what it is. Oh, everybody hurts. Oh, that, that one. one. That was a huge hit. Yes. That was early 90s. It's, that was a huge hit. Yeah, that these one. These two have a <laughs> lot in common. And I'm Team Yoko over Team Stipe. But uh, yeah, this one, the bass player and the sax player keep motioning to the engineer to mix him higher for the song's last 17 minute <laughs> solo. It's like a bass sax off. <laughs> like, please, yeah, man. fade, fade it out. <laughs> You know, there's a live version. A lot of these songs were done live at the MSG concerts. And uh, this one is not on the album, but you can find it on the home video. That's uh, right. And it's, you know, it's what it is. It's what it is. <laughs> Now, that was allegedly going to be reissued along with the Lennon Live in New York City from 86, yeah. I think. 
Um, yeah. But that's those have both been shelved for a bit, too. But I think one of the next major Lennon projects has been rumored to be. And maybe this will be included in that. I mean, it should be, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they just do like a Lennon 70, almost like the Beach Boys did, but that kind of feel flows thing where they combined a bunch of. Yeah. Maybe there's like a big 72 Lennon thing. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's when we'll see it. (laughs) But buried. Yeah, man, so I'm four tracks in, and I already prefer Double Fantasy and Milk and Honey to this in terms of the John Yoko rotating things. Yeah. I also want to hear this mixed in a way that's not so flat. You know, this has that real flat-sounding sound, that Phil Spector wall of sound. It's a flat wall, man. I want to hear more dynamics. I want to hear... I don't know. I would love to hear a remix of this. Well, one thing I will tell you is I'm pretty sure the 87 CDs you have are ranked as among the worst. That's in the era of like when Capital also put Shaved Fish out and a few of the mm-hmm. other Lennon albums. I, I, I have read and like the, the first pressing of Harris's All Things Must Pass. Those first CDs might be terrible. The one I listened to as well from the 2010. Let's do a trade and I'll because okay. I'd love yeah. for you to hear the 2010 remaster. I'll bet it'll be a massive improvement. I've always wanted to hear what the 87 one sounded like. Which never had yeah it. man yeah but from i listened to the 2015 vinyl and the 2010 cd remaster and the 78 vinyl and the improvement on the on the remasters is massive and like we said there is a remix from 05 that's been out of print for a long long time yeah so yeah if you're into that seek that out <laughs> yeah. i'm sure it's on <laughs> <laughs> if you're into that okay now we're on like uh the title cut or the half title this is cut the title track yeah so sometime in New York City, the song entitled New York City. Standing on the corner, just me and Yoko Wano, we was waiting for Jerry to land. Up on the man with the guitar in his hand, singing, have a man of honor if you can. His name was David Bill, we found that he was really sad, the folks spoke his code every day. Up on the corners, the truckers up the streets, singing, how do the people today? A lot of people like this song. A lot of people think that this is maybe the best song on the record. Yes, I think this should have kicked an album called Sometime in New York City off. It paints a much different picture about the newspaper and the city that's about to follow than than something as strong and caustic as the first track on here. And while it may be a cheap cousin, the ballad of John and Yoko, it rocks. (laughs) John's singing is great. I actually think it's... I, on my list, I was thinking, what are the most underrated John songs, or excuse me, the ones that most people don't know, the casual fans? And I think it's this, Move Over, Mrs. L, and Rock and Roll People are the John Rockers that have just kind of been lost by virtue of how they've been presented thus far. Yeah. And yeah, do I think this is A or even B level John Lennon? No, maybe it's B minus John, but it's energetic. The piano playing's great. The sax playing makes sense. And I think it's a different (laughs) album if this is the first song. And Tony, why? Why in the ultimate mixes do they not go with this and go with Angela? I mean, like, if you're going to pull, yeah. you, you have to admit, if you're going to pull one track from this, even if you don't love the song, if the feeling you, you're about to tell us you don't, wouldn't this be the song you'd pull for a compilation? I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, to me, I mean, yeah, you called it a cheap cousin. I like that, of uh, Ballad of John and Yoko. I just, you know what, man? I'm just not that enamored with 145 shit. I think it's fucking boring. I think this song's boring. 
that said, I, I agree that it's nice because it's not overtly political. It's just talking about who they are. He's writing what he knows. I dig that. I like hearing about, you know, hanging out with Jerry Rubin and David Peel and uh, who is a street musician. I guess that they befriended and Lennon later signed him to Apple. Yeah. Talking about Elephant's Memory. I mean, it's fine. Again, this is maybe where I want to hear a remix. Like, I want to hear what this song really sounds like. To me, it's just a flat one four five like phone in of a song. I uh, I don't know. It's bar bandy. I mean, this is this could be Billy Vera and the Beaters. What <laughs> did you wish I would do at this moment? Well, I tell you what, though, TJ, both. New York City Madison Square Garden concerts opened up with this song. So, yes. to your point. And I put yeah. this song when I make Lennon mixes, this often goes at the top. When I had a radio show on WCKG for a couple years, I did a weekend show with Susanna Homan. Uh, longtime editor of Chicago <laughs> magazine. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, she was my eternal flame, and sometimes we fill it, and it would be a manic Monday. Kick it. <laughs> you boneheads are thinking of Susanna Hoffs. Oh, I'm sorry, Susanna Hoffs. Bro, Thank you, P3Z. Right, 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 Homan Hoffs. Sorry, P3Z nuts. Um, but yeah, so she and I, I remember we were doing a show when it was announced that Macy's would take over Marshall Fields, and I played the song to kick off an episode. That's cool. Uh, derisively <laughs> about like, well, New York's coming for us, Chicago. You know, now Fields <laughs> is gone. You know, I made that like a local hot talk radio segment. And I think we got two calls that hour <laughs> on free FM. <laughs> I know. I feel like I, I got real harsh on this song. I don't mean to. I, I, it's really hot in this room. So maybe that's what's going on. Um, yeah. I like the Cape Paso, New York part. So let me, let me, yeah. let me. How cool. I like that. That part's fun. What a badass city, he says. What a cool phrase. He goes, <laughs> what a badass city. Yeah, it's like a precursor to the rock and roll record, which... Yes. I think actually I prefer this record to rock and roll because I just don't care about covers. I'll listen to the originals. So this to me... Yeah, it's like it's a precursor to this rock and roll record, which is my least favorite Lennon record. Well, Tony, you should have been there. John Lennon's Rock and Roll, 14 new tracks on Apple Records and Tapes. You should have been there. I don't know, man. I love, I mean, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna push back on this. I'm going to push it real good. Get up on this. <laughs> um, I think Elephant's Memory is at their very best in this. Uh, he sings mm. The Pope Smokes Dope. I mean, how ballsy <laughs> is that? To use that <laughs> phrase in the song, and uh, yeah. the um, the piano player—I was calling him the MD of this. Yes, the music director of this. <laughs> the uh, the piano player does his Jerry Lee Lewis piano boogie woogie stuff is awesome. Um, I kept thinking this wouldn't be out. Of, I know this is going to sound crazy to you, but this wouldn't be out of place on Exile on Main Street. 
<laughs> I, which I mean, much different cover, but it's the similar, you know, interesting covers. And I feel it's got that. Yeah, it's got the grit of the one-two punch or rocks off and rip this joint. When I was listening to this. I went. I then went back and listened to the beginning of Exile. It's got that great rock and roll feel to it. I don't know. I think not making this think if they made this a single, this would have maybe I wouldn't hit number one. Maybe this would be number nine or number or twelve on the charts. <laughs> number nine. Number nine. Number nine. <laughs> it's all subconscious beetling today. But yeah I, yeah, I think it was a disastrous choice to. And if you switch it, imagine ending side one with "Woman Is the Hee Haw of the World," and you <laughs> kick it off with a rocker, then go to "Sister of Sisters," and then end side one with this this poignant kind of. Uh, a, a declaration of why women are being treated so badly using this terrible word as a metaphor. I think it makes more sense. Yeah. I'm looking at the lyrics. Yeah. He, he uh, name checks Max's Kansas city, the groovy, uh, what would later become a punk rock club. Um, Staten Island ferry. I was trying to imagine those guys on the Staten Island ferry, which <laughs> 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 I don't, I did it one time. On the Staten Island. Listen, get the f- out of Staten Island. Everybody's a fucking gangster. All they're looking to do is stab you up and shoot you. And so I'm trying to imagine John and Yoko on that thing. What else? Here's a, here's one. God's a red herring and drag. Yeah. So yeah, the lyrics are pretty cool, provocative. I mean, if you can hear them, I, I maybe that's why I want the damn mix. I can't hear these lyrics. I didn't know he's singing about Max's Kansas City. I just hear like <laughs> elephant's memory and the word that rhymes with that. <laughs> he rhymes you know? elephant's memory band with elephant's memory band. That's that's kind of a bad company take, John. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I love the song and I think it's a major mistake to have not made this the single and the first track of the album. I think that's what helped sabotage this record. Let's flip the record on Sometime in New York City, the studio record. We're flipping over to side two. Uh, I cracked open my beer already because I'm a professional. It's now the afternoon. We started in the morning. It's now the afternoon. <laughs> this the is afternoon. the Please Please Me session of Untitled Beatles podcast. Yeah, yeah we skipped lunch in order to get beers. <laughs> it's, it's true. Okay. Uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday opens side two. Uh, one of the more rocking songs. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. Uh, that said, TJ, this might be one of my least favorite Lennon songs of all time. Oh God. It's terrible. It, it does rock. Yeah. And there's phrasing borrowed from come together. Mm. Got to be good looking. Cause he's so hard to see from that scan. Keep The singing's impassioned. The playing's fun. It's kind of funky. Um, you know, I almost feel like if I'm being kind, the almost shambolic nature of this lends itself a bit to what would come a couple years later with whatever gets you through the night. I feel like there's there's okay. an, almost a novelty song element to the to the backing <laughs> of this. Um, yeah, I don't know that that that's what I felt. It feels very Phil Spectory. And the one thing I would say, and it's never a phrase I would ever use. I'm not a U2 hater. There's two or three U2 albums that I love, love. But I'm also not like a, a weird U2 fan by any means. And I would right. say for sure Sunday Bloody Sunday, both studio and live version by U2 over this. Okay. 
man, I have to agree with you. And as as someone who also like I I don't dislike you two. I like some of their songs, this being one of them, Sunday Bloody Sunday. But let's talk about you two because I think that was always my my issue with them was that I felt like Bono thought he was doing in making important music with his music and his music became these messages that were important. And you know what, man, I will say this. Bono is a good dude and he's charitable and he, he puts his money where his mouth is. So hats off to you, dude. Actually, I just like when I'm listening to music, it's very rare that I want to be reading the newspaper uh, with my music. Right. Like, uh, and that's what's going on here to some degree. And also, you know, when you two put their album on everyone's phone without their consent. Bad move. I know. <laughs> With consent. The original Me Too is the U2 iPhone yeah. incident. Yeah, you t- Hashtag U2. <laughs> Me Too U2. <laughs> Well, back to the Lennon one. Yeah. Uh, it, so, yeah. So this is a song about a horrible thing that happened January 30th, 1972 in Northern Ireland in Derry. Uh, British troops shot 26 unarmed protesters, uh, 14 of whom died. And five people were shot in the back. And as the Beatles said in Twist and Shout, Woo! No, uh, sorry. This is another moment where, where <laughs> I know. Yes, you, you love Hard Day's Night and all that, but I've grown up, sister. And you liked Hard Day's Night, love, but I've grown up, but you obviously haven't. Got it. Got it, John. Uh, do, got it. Don't play Tony Big Boy's Bickering. Can't you guys just do it? Won't be long. Stop trying to be important. Shut up and dribble, <laughs> Beatles. It's your, you're, you're the Megan Kelly of Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Beatle fan of God forbid. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah, that was horrible. That was a horrible thing. I, I'm, I'm glad John was trying. I'm glad he tried. Um, but, yeah, I think the music on the song sucks. Here, John, quote, I'm a quarter Irish or a half Irish or something. And long, long before the trouble started, I told Yoko that's where we're going to retire. And I took her to Ireland. So uh, that also explains the whole uh, yesterday uh, ending or whatever, where the the guy goes and meets John Lennon, the fisherman in the Fisher fisherman's hut. <laughs> that's that's the ill-fated Kenny Rogers Roasters seafood place. <laughs> Trying to get me with Long John so The old fisherman's hut. John Lennon's old fisherman's hut. You come here, you might get full unless you don't. <laughs> He was known as Long John, remember? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Long lost John. Long lost John. <laughs> selling fish sticks. <laughs> it all turned out just fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I, okay. I, I know we've we've moved on from U two, but I did want to throw in my U two cents worth, if, 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 if I may. Uh, you may. Um, there. I mean, uh, the U two <laughs> stuff I love isn't the political stuff. My sweet spot albums are Joshua Tree, uh, Octung Baby. I loved Unforgettable Fire too. Uh, but you know, you mentioned I, I. I didn't want to lose sight of you talking about Bono kind of having a maybe not a god complex, but something related to that. The God Part Two complex. Uh, that's what I was going to say. He <laughs> oh, he inherited that from John, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, the song God Part Two is that on Rattle and Hum. 
I think so. Yeah, because we just we we just dropped it in something. Yeah. Right, and that's the same album, of course, as the famous Helter Skelter cover where it was stolen right. from. Yeah, a lot um, of Beatles going on there. So yeah, but Bono, huge John Lennon fan, and I think that came out a lot in his persona as well. Really, John? A false ending on this? The fake out ending? The fade out, fade in on this one? Really? <laughs> yeah. Was I feel like in his mind, this was his Strawberry Fields part two. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> How do you feel yeah. about that? Let me take, take you, you down, down. All right. <laughs> Nothing's real. I'm a fisherman in a hut. Try my nuggets. Try yeah. my fishing nuggets are boneless, <laughs> semi-boneless. Like they come with a side of John sauce. <laughs> well, yes. All right. So we've got a two for a two for Tuesday on the uh, the songs about the troubles. Uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday, followed by Luck of the Irish. Both Tony credited to Lennon Ono. Yeah. The only solo Lennon credit thus far has been New York City. Right. I think there's one more, right? There is. It's coming up. And that's one of my favorite songs on here. Right on. Right on, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, sister. (laughs) Right on, sister. This was supposed to be the lead single on the album. Catalog number Apple 1846, but never released. Insane. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm not sure what to say about the song. I think the intentions are good. Again, I think all the intentions are good. Maybe that's what we're doing. Uh, but the lyrics are so daffy, man. This one, you know, sing about shamrocks and <laughs> rainbows, leprechauns. The world could be one big Blarney stone. I mean, whiff. It's basically a Lucky Charms commercial. Boston Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. It is. Well, the seventh verse, yeah. There was there was the seventh verse mentioned Lucky Charms, and the eighth verse mentioned Irish Spring Soap. So... <laughs> Clean as a whistle. That was a uh, Yoko. The whole world could be as clean as a whistle. <laughs> That's Irish Spring. Fresh and clean as a whistle. <laughs> she goes, oh, reservation at Bennigan's. Bennigan's. <laughs> <laughs> John and Yoko are the original blues busters. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss me, I'm Irish. Uh, yeah, I'm too drunk to Irish goodbye, whatever. Anyway, yeah, on and on. Irish hello, Irish goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Irish hello, Irish goodbye. <laughs> yeah, all of these could have been... <laughs> that's what he should have done. He should have done a Weird Al parody of a Beatles song, Irish style. That would have had more impact than this song about shamrocks or whatever. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Did she loves you in German? You can't do yeah. a, a wait in Gaelic? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, man. The one thing I will say, Tony, is... 
So Paul McCartney, I got to defend him at every turn. Paul yeah, gets what? derided and mocked all the time. But this is a case where I'm taking Give Ireland Back to the Irish and yeah. version over either of these songs. Yeah. Uh, that's Stan the Man Bronstein on the flute, by the way. So, <laughs> so ask his wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. This it, basically it's Lennon doing a, a Dylan song, but with like, yeah, goofy uh, Lucky Charms lyrics. So there you go. That's yeah. that one. I don't know. And and Paul over John. Everyone just got to. I mean, Whoa. the one thing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking Paul Williams of the Muppet movie soundtrack. Over over John Williams. <laughs> Yo, Paul Williams over John Williams every day of the time. It's the Muppet Show with our special guest star, Mr. Paul Williams. Yes, Paul's Ireland songs over John's Ireland songs. Mm. And uh, I just, I get tired sometimes of John being held up as everything he did was perfect compared to, oh, look at all Paul's missteps, but this album's bad. This album's, you know what? If you're going to dog Paul McCartney and you're a Beatles fan, you better dog John Lennon too, because as much as we miss him and love him, he had crap as well. Mm -hmm. It's true. This is one of them. Yeah. (laughs) Build to Lennon Ono once again. And I don't think there'd be a Mull of Kintyre without this song. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I say reason enough for that song never to exist yeah let's kill two birds with one stone on that and i like birds <laughs> i like Release, stones free the birds <laughs> if you recall well let's move on please please yeah, please. please me oh uh, let's hear one more drop of luck of the Irish for a all second all right one more here you go Sorry. and scene <laughs> All right, we talked about this in our intro uh, in the previous episode. Uh, John Sinclair gets a, a song. Imagine that. I mean, imagine this dude. Like, you're John Sinclair. You had this thing. It was a moment. It's like having a song about, uh, I don't know, the, the the girl that fell in the well, little, little Jessica or whatever, <laughs> baby Jessica in the well. Didn't the Almond Brothers write a song about her? <laughs> They knew about it ahead of time. Suspicious. <laughs> Suspicious mind. Yeah. The great Chuck Lavelle on keys. Back to the melody. I don't know. I guess what I'm driving at it, like this is this, you know, this like this is a guy, like we would never have heard of this guy uh, if it weren't for the song. Maybe you would have heard about it during the Who's set at Woodstock. Did you ever hear this? Have you ever heard this? So the Who are playing Woodstock, they're in the middle of their set, they just finished Pinball Wizard, and Abby Hoffman charges the stage, he gets on the stage and he takes the microphone, and he goes like, I think this whole thing's a pile of shit! I think this is a pile of shit! While John Sinclair rots in prison, 
Townsend's just like, get the fuck off my stage. He hits him with the, hits him, knocks him off the stage with his guitar. And then he's just like, no one gets on this stage. You know, afterwards, he's like, fuck off. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's a- what do they go into next? Yeah, so that's the only other reference of John Sinclair that I know of, other than this song. You know what I mean? Uh, he was a uh, manager for MC5, the rock band. They played the 68 Democratic Convention. They were a Detroit rock band for Ed Sonic Smith. Great band. Kick Out the Jams is their song everyone knows. Kick Out the Jams, motherfuckers, as it said on the vinyl back then. It's a cool, yeah, it's a fucking rocker. It's a good song. It's a great track, yeah. Uh, he's a writer and activist. But yeah, so in 69, he got busted. He gave two undercover narcotics agents a couple of joints, and he received a 10-year sentence for that. They gave him 10 for two. Gave him 10 for two. It ain't fair, John Sinclair, in the staff hall, breathing air. Won't you care for John Sinclair, in the staff hall, breathing air. Let him be. So back when John and Yoko first arrive and then, you know, Jerry Rubin and Abby Hoffman find them and they get them all into the counterculture and stuff, they start performing these benefit shows to get John St. Clair out of prison back when he was in prison. And meanwhile, this is getting the, the attention of the Nixon administration and they start tapping his phones, man. So his paranoia is not, it's not, you know, made up. It's not in his head. He was, he was wiretapped. It was a whole thing. Yeah. You trying know. to get him out of the country. Yeah, because his influence, you know, those crazy, dirty hippies with their long hair trying to, you know, those fucking crazy college kids. Hey, Kent State, let's shoot some college kids. Like, okay, man. Like, there was some fucked up shit going on. I'm surprised he didn't write about Kent State, man. That was a fucking thing. (laughs) In fairness, Neil Young kind of did it better than anybody could have. You're right, right. Yeah, follow that. You're right. I I need to top that. Ten soldiers and Nixon's coming. Well, suffice it to say, though, yeah, these songs, yeah, they gave him a lot of trouble, man. Speaking of the troubles or whatever, this this gave John Lennon personal troubles. You know, they're trying to kick him out of this country. Yeah, because his visa expired, like, in the middle of them recording all this stuff. And then it, somehow somehow, somebody worked some kind of magic and got him to keep keep staying. Well, this this is not for this episode, but there's that Lennon NYC documentary from, what, 05 or 06 is worth us watching. I hmm. haven't seen it since I got the DVD of it 
And then I up I saw it in theaters, got the DVD. Then then I I uh, uploaded it as a digital file. But I haven't seen it maybe I don't know a decade or so. It's a great film, man. I haven't seen that. So yeah, let's it's see all that. it's super worth seeing because it gives context to the entirety of the effort to kick John out of the states. It's very like. It's very early aughts documentary yeah. produced. Like the graphics are a little graphic-y. Yeah. It's like, All right. but it's, 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 I learned a lot from it. I think I saw it at the Century Mall on uh, Clark. Oh yeah, man. When it came out. Yeah. Still, I mean, yeah, still going. Still there. Least, still theaters. Yeah. Theater is still there. Not much else. When I was a kid, they had Orange's records, and that's where I got my first Beatles 45 on Orange Capital, the 45 of Can't Buy Me Love. That's awesome. In that building there? Yeah. In that building, Orange's records. Yeah, I didn't know that's where that was. Oh, okay. That's awesome, man. That's cool. Well, yeah. Suffice to say, yeah, Sinclair had been released for a couple months, so even by the time of this recording, the, uh, the news was obsolete. It was an old headline on this record. Yeah. I give the song a pass because of John's steel guitar play. Next up is a song that made it onto the uh, Ultimate Mixes, uh, that Lennon thing, comp that came out a couple years ago, Angela. Yes, but there is a controversy there. You want me to save the version controversy for later, or should I say it now? Uh, well, let's do it. You're, let's, we're in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the version of Angela that's featured on the Ultimate Mixes, at least on initial, um, on initial pressings of this, did not use the Suntime in New York City. They actually used the Bob James 78 theme song uh, in the uh, taxi <laughs> called Angela. And the pre- it's never been this better. It's totally remastered. I think Giles Martin accidentally was like, "What? I, I've never heard this album, so this must be the one. <laughs> what a goof. What a goof at the plant. <laughs> Crazy. Thank you, Bob James. Thank you. And you know the first person who caught it? There was an anonymous tweet from somebody who only goes by the name Jim Ignatowski. (laughs) Thanks, Tony. Well, originally, TJ, uh, this had two demos. It was originally called JJ, about a woman who couldn't get laid at all. JJ. Right. I don't know. That has nothing to do with Angela Davis. I'm sure she got laid as, as much as she wanted to. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know her life. What do I know? Uh, then it became a song called People, which was deemed too bland until somebody said, like, hey, man, make it about uh, <laughs> open the paper. Pick something. The world's all right. Just Angela Davis, arrested on suspicion of kidnapping. I guess uh, some guns that were owned by her were used to fucking murder a superior court judge, Harold Haley. So that's not cool. What made him so superior? (laughs) What is he, a lake? (laughs) 
Let's talk yeah, about the actual man. song and not make jokes about how people was then given to Barbara Streisand for the musical Funny Girl. <laughs> I think we can talk actually about what the song became. Um, <laughs> this song to me is very annoying. <laughs> oh no! Yes. Okay. I'll give you this. I think Yoko's just too high in the mix. I think her voice is too high in the mix. She's got like the lead vocal on this. And let's face it, man. So I I love Yoko. We just spent a whole rerun talking about how much I love Yoko. And I do. Um, But it is, you know, I like Yoko the same reason why I like certain things that are goofy, too. Like there's a sense of humor about her. That's what I think I like about Yoko. She has a sense of humor. This album is rather humorless. Yes. Intentionally so. Yeah. This is that like, oh, let's do music that's important thing that kind of ruins it, I think. Um, Yeah. And these naive lyrics. And yeah, it is just kind of like, okay, you guys (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, the tough, the tough street activists and like, yeah, they, they pounded some pavement. They went to some parades. They, they did. They did. They tried real hard. They did the work. And then they said, this is not for us doing it this way. I give them credit for that. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, Dylan did the same thing too. You know, he abandoned the whole movement and everyone was mad when he went electric and started making pop music or whatever, but that's that. Um, that said, yeah. What was worse, when Bob Dylan went electric or when Jacob Dylan went acoustic? <laughs> what made people angrier? <laughs> well, he had to go acoustic. Eventually, that one headlight went out, too. <laughs> one thing I'll say, not only are the lyrics banal, but Tony, the music, if you listen, he borrows from both something and polythene pam in this oh yeah he borrows from uh, two beatles songs in one largely pointless uh john yoko song Yeah, that's the best part of the song. It is. And then listen for the Polythene Pam kind of arrangement after they gave you everything but the jailhouse key and then later equality. Keltner's drums are doing a polythene pam thing, which again, it's cool. It's an homage, but it's just further evidence that this is a half-baked song as well-intentioned as it is. God bless Angela Davis. Like I have nothing against this woman and then yeah. there's John Sinclair, but like yeah, she's an icon. Yeah. The lyrics aren't strong enough or poetic enough to support substandard John melodies. And this song is not helped by Yoko's presence. Yeah. It's like three strikes in one tune. That doesn't happen a lot with the John Lennon song. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> IBM presents You Make the Call. And Tony, I can't say enough that this is the song they use to represent this album on the latest greatest hits issue. The ultimate mixes, I think, is kind of silly and insulting. This is not the best song you can do from this. 
I agree. Yeah, but I mean, it's slim pickings. It is slim pickings. <laughs> well, to me, TJ, the next song is not a strikeout. In fact, this is my favorite song on the album and whatever, man. I don't care. I don't care. But it's the Yoko song. We're all water. I think this song has the best energy on this whole album. think it's fun i love the lyrics it's based on a 1967 uh kind of a grapefruit uh, poem water talk i love this song i've always like i would i've put the song on mixes oh he, don't go talking water talk <laughs> paul ripped this off paul stole this from yoko clearly clearly <laughs> so you love you love this song i do love this song yeah yeah longer than hey jude Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seven fifteen. It is seven fifteen, and that's yeah. not just a Braves game on TBS. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's seven oh five after Andy Griffith at six thirty five. From Turner Broadcasting System, you're watching Superstation WTBS Atlanta. Well, I tell you what, this song cooks more than Hey Jude. Ouch. I mean, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> I'm saying the beat. I'm talking about the energy. I'm talking about the beat. Like this is dancing. I'm Chairman Mao or, or Nixon. Pick, take your pick. Oh, no, I'm one of the extras in the back dancing. That's me on this album cover. I'm dancing to this song. This song is so fun. There may not be much difference. With the cool, yeah, that cool creamy lead doing the, doing the call and response. I love that. <laughs> Can we make a buddy agreement that Creamy Lead is stricken from our lexicon? My bandmate, John Barlow, he, I got that from him. He uses Creamy Leads. I like that. It's- Want to talk to you, John Barlow? <laughs> Coffins. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so fun. Raquel Welch, Jerry Rubin, Eldridge Cleaver, Queen of England, Manson and the Pope get uh, compared. <laughs> Are you sure she's saying Lenny Bruce? I was positive I heard Kravitz. <laughs> <laughs> how, how come Yoko don't just let love rule? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's the other thing, too. All right. So Manson gets a mention. In a Beatles adjacent song. Yeah. Isn't that fucking wild? It's chilling a little bit. I thought that too. The guy who thought the Beatles were speaking to him, suddenly he's name checked in a in a Yoko composition. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's fucked up. It's wild. Well, wait a second, but you heard Kirk Claudio refer to an Attica State. <laughs> <laughs> that guy on my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> guy in my lawn. Guy in my lawn. Yeah, I wish I I would have taken guy in my lawn over Attica State any day. <laughs> Cause that's he's singing about what he knows. That's his truth. <laughs> and that's musical improv, yeah. everybody. Truth and Johnity. John Lennon. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know, man. See, I like this. I like this. Okay. And then, so wait, hold on, TJ. If Manson mm-hmm. gets a mention in a Beatles adjacent song, does that give Squeaky From permission to steal Helter Skelter back from you too? <laughs> AI is going to take out the Bono intro. <laughs> yeah. The statute of limitations is off on that. But I'm just speaking. Yeah. yeah. I'm just speaking here. I'm just, I'm just asking questions. I'm just, yeah. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the true side of an asshole. I want to hear what you think of this song. Let's hear it. I know you mentioned the length, but what do you think of this song? I have a quick thought and a longer thought. Let's hear it. And the quick thought is, here's my immediate note. This song both rocks and sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sucks like a a Tootsie Roll, like a Tootsie Pop. (laughs) Sucks like a knife. (laughs) No, sucks like a knife. I want to show you something. We're going to do a little show and tell, and I should have sent this to you beforehand, but I forgot about it until I woke up early to do notes again this morning. (laughs) Tony, I mentioned that in the um, mid-90s, Capital's last series of 45s is distributed by the CEMA uh, branch of Capital. Thank you. Had a thing called for jukeboxes only, (laughs) and they released jukebox only singles, and I stumbled in, I'm pretty sure... This is in, it's marked April of 2013. This might be Lori's Planet of Sound on Lincoln Avenue, which we don't give enough mention to on the show, but they're great people. They have a great stock, a lot of cool DVDs and films and such. I definitely bought stuff there for sure. Yeah, they're great. So April of 13 today, Yoko Ono, $1.49, Purple Capital, and it says, we're all water, Yoko Ono as the composer, Mm -hmm. and then Yoko Ono as the performer. It's three minutes and four seconds. Oh, I would love to hear I, that. I brought it home, and do you know what it is, Tony? What? It's a show tune. W- what? What do you mean? <laughs> Apparently, in 94, and I didn't know about this, but what I'm about to show you, I bought after I got the 45, there was an off-Broadway show that Yoko wrote called New York Rock. You're holding the CD of it right here. Yeah. And it's it was arranged and orchestrated by a guy named Jason Robert Brown, who's a big Broadway composer now. He wrote The Last Five Years. He wrote Parade. This is one of his first things he did. He was also, though, a killer at, at Camp Crystal Lake. And, you know, <laughs> we have to address that. Well, you know, my, you still like Phil Spector, don't you? I mean, it's a similar... You sound the burns and the horns in the background. Okay, Jason Robert Brown, it's, it's a new phase album. It's a... <laughs> So yeah, Tony, and it is Yoko Ono songs performed like show tunes, and We're All Water begins with the crack of a whip, Whoa. and then it is sung and performed as a country western show tune. 
<laughs> and I didn't know what the fuck because it's not billed as the original off Broadway. No, right. Well, it's billed as just Yoko Ono. Water, Yoko Ono on Capitol. And I'm I'm at Laurie's, or I'm pretty sure it was Laurie's. It looks like the Laurie's price tag. But I remember going, what in the world? Because I wasn't crazy familiar with the song, but I knew the title from the album. Yeah. I'm like, what is it? So I brought it home and it's. And they update the lyrics, Tony. Here we go. <laughs> this is amazing. There may not be difference between Woody Allen and Mother Teresa. <laughs> Rewrite. Between Malcolm X and Marilyn Monroe. Oh, well, they kept Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> and Tony in a line that does not age well from 1994. Oh, boy. Between Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill, if we hear their heartbeats. <laughs> Holy um, shit. There may not be much difference between the Queen of England and Michael Jackson if we bottle their tears. There may not be much difference between Donald Trump and you. Well, I, oh, yeah, I, I mean, here, yeah, I mean, I mean, because mm. <laughs> now what? apparently, thanks to Clarence Thomas, you can't hear a heartbeat and get an, and have an abortion. Ooh, ooh, I mean, ooh. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. heavy. I feel like you backed me into a corner. I'm in your rifle sight. Defending Clarence <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> Well, I think so. I mean, the whole point of this song, though, is uh, here, here, if I may, if I may. Yeah. Fuck Clarence Thomas. Let's fuck him. He's a problem. He's a problem for democracy and for America. Yeah. Yes. Uh, among other people. So it's not it's not a one. It's not one person when we're saved. There's a lot of people, but he does seem particularly intransigent. Mm-hmm. I will now stop talking. Yeah, man. So in the original version, what they're trying to do is pair up two people. You know, she throws Manson and the Pope in the same, uh, you know, couplet. So the point of this song is saying that we are all water. We are all human, good or bad, take it or leave it. When we expire, it's all the same. It's the great equalizer, you know. Uh, that's the point of this song. So that's why those two are together. But yeah, that's an unfortunate, that's a very unfortunate pairing. At the time it was, and you know, what's funny, Tony, the other thought I had about that pairing is it's also ripped out of, if sometime in New York city was made in 94, 95, 93, <laughs> right. whenever she updated Here we it, go. This is what that, we got. Would be, that would be there as well. Yeah. It would be, but Again, the the link between Clarence Thomas and how America has changed. One would argue not for the better, as freedoms have been taken away. And then the line the the line they insert there or they kept is if we hear their heartbeats, just really hit me. It's like oh, Yoko, even after all this time, there may not be much difference between Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and Margaret Taylor Green. <laughs> Paint their toenails. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's an app on the on the the show version. It's kind of buns like this. There may not be much difference between Bob Iger and a poor actor. (laughs) Check their resumes. Check the special skills. (laughs) If you check their butlers, one has none. 
false equivalency is killing us. Uh, false equivalency That's is. That's what I'm saying. I will say I, I agree with you, TJ. You need to make your own sometime in New York City. Yeah. Uh, sometime in, in uh, the Chicagoland area. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, should we move on to the uh, live jam? Yes. And as we move on to the live jam disc, this record wasn't priced like a double record. They almost threw, it might have been a dollar. I think this was six ninety eight when it came out, not five ninety eight. Yeah. But for the extra dollar, it's basically like a loss leader for them. And it did not help. No, it did not help. How sales. often I feel like I have listened to this record the most in my life, uh, prepping for the show. I heard I heard the live jam, I think three, three and a half times. Yes, I probably have only heard this about four or five times myself. I because since I've been little, when I get a Beatles thing, and I try this with any record I get, I like to at least play it once because otherwise it just goes in a shelf. You don't play it. Yeah, yeah. Records are meant to be played. Yeah. I guarantee you when you find these at a used record store, this must be one of the best condition major <laughs> solo Beatles releases, especially li- uh, the, the, their quote-unquote live jam. But yeah. Live jam and the B-side of uh, Yellow Submarine, the yeah. LP. <laughs> no are, question. Are the least, uh, you'll have the least amount of pops on your LPs there. And then for the traditional stuff, maybe then at least probably for you, side two of Abbey Road. <laughs> Well, it's overproduced. It's too produced, too polished, too clean. <laughs> Let's talk about two sides of a record that has four good minutes. I shouldn't say that. I liked it more than I thought I did or would or wanted to. There are some merits, but yeah, I will say my overall impression of when I'm, I see this record is like, oh yeah, that long noise thing. Uh, it's divided into two concerts. The first concert occurred December 15th, 1969. This was John Lennon's last live performance in the UK. Wow. R-O-C-K in the UK. (laughs) Okay, so it was at the Lyceum Ballroom in London. It was a Peace for Christmas concert. Uh, It went to benefit UNICEF. So good old UNICEF. uh, Recorded onto 4-Track by Jeff Emmerich. It was the Plastic Ono Supergroup, and they arrived with 48 hours notice. Man, there are a lot of players on this, and a lot of people just there that didn't play. Let's go through it. John and Yoko. George is on guitar. Yeah, pretty cool. Eric Clapton is on guitar playing Rocky, George's psychedelic strat. Oh, I thought you meant he was doing Gonna Fly Now in the background. <laughs> yeah, because he was like, man, I totally tanked on cold turkey. I'm just going to play Gonna Fly Now back here. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> It'll work because, yeah, Yoko, you're coming out with Fly next year, right? Okay, great. This will work. This will work. Wow. <laughs> Much respect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Billy Preston on keys, Klaus Foreman on bass. So far, this is this is the 70s Beatles right here. Yeah. So far. Alan White on drums, Jim Gordon on drums, uh, Delaney and Bonnie on, uh, hanging around. Well, th- By law, Delaney <laughs> and Bonnie had to be at every one of these shows. Yeah. The band and Clapton yeah. and, well, that's how and it happened. John and George. So D- Delaney and Bonnie were on tour. And that's why they were here. Like the touring band included Eric and George that were like playing just as like incognito guitarists, just so they could like just get out of the whole Beatle trip or cream trip, whatever. So yeah, it's basically, it's all the guys that were on tour with Delaney and Bonnie. Bobby Keys is on sax, Jim Price on trumpet, 
Keith Moon with his insecurity was like, I want to be part of the Beatles, <laughs> you know, right. and uh, legs, Larry Smith from the Bonzo dog doodah band and Dino from the rascals, Dino uh, Danelli uh, was there as well. Legs, Larry Smith and those guys, they were just kind of like on stage. I don't think they played anything. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did the Indian portion of Bangladesh. <laughs> Who are these people? Should they be here? It's cool. They don't have tags on. Oh, they're, they're singing Hare Krishna. Okay, let's keep them. So this is during the whole, like, Yoko's in a bag thing, which I always think is pretty fun and wild. They start with Cold Turkey, and John says this song's about pain. Yeah. This song's about pain. Not a bad version. I kind of like this version, you know? I think I still prefer the Toronto version. Do you? Okay. Yeah, there's less people. I think sometimes with these like rock and roll songs, less is more. I don't know why you need 25 drummers for a fucking rock and roll song. That doesn't make any sense to me. Chess Records had like a three-piece drum kit, you know, like... Let's get real, all right? Mickey Hart's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, then they go into Don't Worry Kyoko. I do like the groove. It's one groove. Uh, but yeah, this one goes on for a very long time. I prefer the short version on the B side of Cold Turkey. Yeah, I do it too. It only clocks in at about five. <laughs> I this do too. This is 16 minutes, Tony. Yeah, yeah. This is something that's not going to translate to a record. This is something like, I think you need to be, you need to be high and drunk or whatever. You have to be a little bit loosened up or damaged (laughs) or damaged, but I think you have to be there. I think you have to feel that music. I think you have to be in front of these people doing this thing. Uh, cause there are some moments that are cool. I kind of like the madness that they end up creating. I do get yes. it in moments. I think that has a purpose. I think they're doing something cool. And that's what I liked about when Lennon was like, Hey man, this is the plastic Ono band. We do unpredictability. This is what we do. So you, you come in with no preconceptions. Tony, if I may, George did a similar thing when he toured by dramatically reworking in my life. And singing in my life, I love God more saying you might want the original, but that's not what I'm giving you. And Paul wouldn't even do live Beatles songs up until that first, the, the wings over America, America wings over UK yeah. tour. Um, he, the close he came was long tall Sally. So all three of them struggle with how to interpret songs, you know, and love and being the Beatles that the audiences wanted them to be. None of them were anymore. 
Uh, John said a lot of the audience walked out, but the ones that stayed, they were in a trance. Maybe that's what I was trying to say. Like, I think you had to be there so you could just get into that trance. Some people were disappointed, but we play 1984 music. <laughs> Stuck on you. Well, we were complaining about the length. TJ, the unedited version of this song is 40 minutes long. Oh my God. That's four <laughs> sides of an eight track. <laughs> So, yeah, man. Here, Alan White had this to say. It went on far too long, and it began to sag. Jimmy Gordon and me began to speed it up to bring it to an end. But we just got faster and faster, and nobody wanted to stop. It was so fast that our muscles were aching, and I was thinking, for Christ's sake, stop it, when it just sort of finished. Yeah. Well, the audience feels that way, too. Uh, Yeah. The three people left. Yeah, man. And I, as far as I, I've read that Yoko like broke down into tears. I mean, obviously they were, she was working some shit out. She got to a place that was intense and wild and like cat power or whatever before cat power. Yeah. You know, so, you know, they're doing a thing. This is like the precursor to all the, the primal screaming and all that. They're tapping into pain. You know, that was their, that was their kick at the time was fucking pain, I guess. Anyway, it's on a record if you want to feel pain. (laughs) And cold turkey was inherently painful as well. And then John would better tame the pain on the Plastic Ono Band album and find it because as raw as that is, it's more restrained than any of this live stuff. And on the Plastic Ono Band by Yoko, she would not. (laughs) Right. She would not. It is this. Same band, similar cover, (laughs) different musical experience. (laughs) Let's talk about side four. This is a whole nother concert. June 6th, 1971 at the Fillmore East. The Mothers of Invention had a two night engagement. They did four sets. And at the end of the uh, last set, an encore unannounced, I would think, or meaning like, no, maybe it's a surprise is what I'm trying to say. A surprise John and Yoko appearance for this last set. It says Andy Warhol put this collaboration together. Wow. I mean, I don't know how he did it, but... How he did it? <laughs> I didn't know how he did it. You said it was Warhol. Yeah. Well, I met Howie Long. A lot of people don't know this. It won't be Howie Long. <laughs> no. Zappa's funny at the beginning of this when he tries to quiet the crowd down. Zappa's fascinating to me. Like, as yeah. much as the John and Frank Zappa thing was very quick... Like it didn't last through the seventies. No, it, they're two of the more fascinating people in rock history. And Frank Zappa is not someone I can say I know about, but like I've seen his testimony when he was going up against Tipper Gore and the censorship yeah. stuff. Like, I think even though I've never connected to his music, he seemed like a good guy. Yeah. I, re- I, I respect Zappa as, yeah, as what he is. I would say, yeah, his humor is not my thing. It's so overt and I, it's so clever that it like, I don't know if you ever tried to watch him, the episode of uh, Saturday Night Live he hosted, it was like, he mm-hmm. was like cooler. He was too cool for SNL at the time. This is in the seventies. Thank you. And remember, I'm reading this off these cards underneath this camera here. Thank you. It's an awesome responsibility being selected out of millions of people to become the banner of NBC's new look. God, I hope I'm good. I think he has a contempt for his own audience that is, you can hear it in that opening thing. Like, everybody shut up so we can figure out what we're doing, (laughs) you know? Hey, sit down and cool it for a minute so you can hear what we're going to do. And for those of you in the band who have no idea what's about to happen, this is an A minor, and it's not standard blues changes. 
Yeah, I'm with you on Zappa being complicated. I've tried to get into his music so much. I, I like one or two, whatever, five or six of his songs. I really like that Mother's Record that's actually... A, supposed to be a scathing, uh, you know, rebuke of Sgt. Pepper. And we're only in it for the money? Yeah. Hey, Pop, where you going with that flower in your hand? Well, I'm going up to Frisco to join a psychedelic band. Yeah. So that, that also plays into this. He thought, like, the Beatles were, like, just phonies or something, like, in 68, you know, and he put that record out. Maybe that's why I've struggled with Zappa, because I think that's an intellectually dishonest assessment. You cannot be a huge fan of their music, but to call them phonies or only in it for the money is, I mean, as much as I think Paul McCartney likes money, but do you think coming up with Sgt. Pepper was meant to be as a moneymaker or meant to satisfy what Paul McCartney wanted to accomplish artistically with being a different band for a change, wearing another, like, I just, I, I, I think it's disingenuous what Zappa suggested with that satire. I think it was bitter and disingenuous. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was misinformed. I think he, yeah, I think he just made a, a, a judgment on his own, you know, from hundred yards away and was just like, oh, those guys are idiots. To be smarter than everybody. Right? Yeah. In yeah. Yeah. To- yeah. So that's, that's always been my thing with him. Like any, ch- you know, yeah, great. You use funny time signatures. Cool. Whatever. Let's have my bag. All right, cool. Um, but that said, they go into Baby Please Don't Go, the Olympics cover from 58. It's good. This is a good version. I like it. Yeah, this is a song uh, I used to sing when I was in the cabin in Liverpool. I haven't done it since, so... It's the lost track on this album, and even though the reissue from 05 omitted most of the Zappa stuff, they kept this. I think it's a slightly different edit. I don't actually have it, but I read it. And then they tack on um, Happy Xmas, Listen, the Snow is Falling on the 05 CD oh, reissue. Right. don't have um, Jam Rag, Scumbag, and Ow. Yeah. Ow. Yeah, I mean, the, this, the Well Baby Please Don't Go, I'd really only heard the studio version on the Lennon Anthology. Yeah. And uh, Tony, I don't know if I heard this album more than once before I listened the, the the live the live album and this side especially. So yeah, this is a great buried John Lennon performance on an album that most Lennon fans probably don't have. Yeah, Lennon and Ono put out the Plastic Ono Mother set before 
Zappa did. Zappa eventually got around to putting out his own mix. It's a different mix that came out in 92 on a thing called Playground Psychotics. And I prefer the Zappa mix. Uh, it sounds clear. It's higher fidelity. This this mix to me still has that flat sound that I've been complaining about this whole episode. Um, also, John and Yoko took out a lot of the mothers, like vocals and other things yeah. that you can hear that I think enhance the experience. So you can definitely stream it, whatever, if you have a streaming thing and want to hear this version of the album. I, I would I would take the Playground Psychotics version over this one. Uh, also, yeah, on Baby Please Don't Go, it, there's a weird, like, the, where does the song go? It just gets, like, faded out. Yeah. On the Zappa version, it's a hard cut. So my guess is that they ran out of tape in the middle of yeah, that song. Yeah, that must be. Uh, then it goes into a song called Jam Rag, which is actually a Zappa tune from Uncle Meat in 1969 called King Kong. But uh, John and Yoko claimed copyright on it and renamed it Jam Rag, which is a, a British slang for tampon, TJ. Oh, I know my British tampon <laughs> slang, Tony. <laughs> I thought it was like a napkin you you put strawberry uh, jam on, like a jam rag. So I guess. Yeah. And rag is also a musical thing too. Raga or whatever, you know? <laughs> Will you play, would you quit playing that old timey jam rag music? <laughs> jam rag time music. Jam rag. Hey, check out my jam rag. <laughs> Thank you. So Zappa never got paid royalties for uh, Jam Rag. So it, or the millions of records he recorded that didn't sell more than 50 <laughs> copies. <laughs> no, people like him. I know they do, but it's 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 been these guys were niche before things were niche. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Zappel, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Did Zappel have a Zappa influence in the naming of it? I don't know. I've That's what I always Mr. thought. Spicer. Yeah, I guess so. I always thought that Lennon wanted to be Zappa, and that's why he named Zappel Zappel. I thought he wanted to be Pia's adore, the first bra burner. <laughs> Ain't you glad she showed up? Pia's adore was the first bra burner. Ain't you glad she showed up? Jam rag, the middle section has a little kind of reggae kind of feel. I, I don't mind it. Like no? it All falls right. under, I'd rather, would I rather hear the um, Apple jam on mm, All Things Must Pass? Right. Probably, but I don't really want to hear that either. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> be honest exactly. with you. Can you convince me that Scumbag was not part of a 70s procedural crime drama called Scumbag with that theme song? I'm pretty sure it was, and I think the opening credits were four and a half minutes. Scumbag. <laughs> Holds up his badge. I also I imagine he's holding a picture of Alan Klein in front of his face. <laughs> 
Yeah, everyone everyone in the band puts on their uh, Alan Klein masks. Right. Or Paul. Maybe that's the era <laughs> yeah. where everyone's dressed like Could Paul. Be, yeah, and then they go rob a bank and uh, surf and <laughs> jump out of airplanes. <laughs> Scumbag. Yeah, I mean, this song, <laughs> what else can we say about Scumbag? It's a fairly boring riff, and he screams the word for what about? Yeah. Eight minutes, how long is this? Well, there's some fun electronics at the top. And then Zappa has to barge in and do his 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 intellectual thing because his audience is too stupid to know what's going on. Hey, man, if you don't know what we're doing. Hey, listen, I don't know whether you can tell what the words are to this song, but there's only two of them. And I'd like to have you sing along because it's real easy. Anybody who comes to the Fillmore East can sing this song. The name of the song is Scumbag. Okay? And all you gotta do is sing Scumbag. Right on, brothers and sisters. Let's hear it for the Scumbag. It's smarmy, yeah. <laughs> it's so smarmy, man. It's so smarmy. I agree. So that's not my bag, but if you, you know, I think people. It's not your scumbag. It's, it's more your jam rag. Scumbag! Scumbag! It's a fun word to say, scumbag. I feel like you can still use that one. I, I'm team jam rag. <laughs> I'm team owl. <laughs> owl. Oh, wow. The guy that. <laughs> The drunk at the end of the bar likes ow. <laughs> that's, that's every time I'm at Old Town Ale House, I put on ow. Yeah. Why is this still on the jukebox? <laughs> uh, the guy. <laughs> Big zap ahead. He's a, yeah. Uh, ow. I've never been sure how to pronounce this. It's A umlaut U. I guess we, we just say ow. Do we have to? Because the first half of the song is still scumbag. It's like there's a there's like a track error. I feel like they're still saying yeah. scumbag for three minutes. I think right? the mastering people are like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So I've been. So I full disclosure. I've been to noise rock shows. I've 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 played. I've shared a bill with noise rock. So I've experienced it. It's more of a live thing, but even then it's just kind of like, I feel like you're always just kind of waiting for something to happen. It's like being in a very loud, like next to an airplane and yeah, cool. The tone shifts. And yeah, maybe if you're on a bunch of drugs, that's fun in your brain. Like your, your brain goes, Ooh, the kilohertz went high and the kilohertz went low. And then there's another noise. There's the, now someone's got a weed whacker noise going on. Oh, great. Like they're never pleasant noises. They're always these. These, these antagonistic noises or whatever. Yoko having an orgasm for 10 minutes. <laughs> Ow. Well, you know, famously, Lou reads Metal Machine music. That's the famous uh, double album set of just unlistenable metal machine music. Music in quotes over here because it was just industrial shit. Uh, the title on the Zappa version of this album is called A Small Eternity with Yoko Ono. That's the name of this number. Apt. <laughs> I, it totally makes sense. Who got yeah, royalties? Like, 
for each of these. I mean, there's no, what I can't find is Frank Zappa occurs courtesy of this particular record label. I don't see that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Cause Lennon scribbled stuff over everything. I mean, he had fun with the names, right? It's, uh, not Jim Gordon, Jim Boredom, Robbie Knees, Sticky Topkins. Well, that one's true. <laughs> <laughs> there were some studio outtakes, but it's mostly Elephant's Memory and John doing rock and roll covers. Roll Over Beethoven, Honey Don't, Ain't That a Shame, etc. The list goes on and on. Uh, you can't hear that on a, on a bootleg. Chip Madinger and Mark Easter from the Eight Arms to Hold You book, which I highly recommend. Um, Great book. They those guys, by the way, were not very kind to this record. I know that they compared uh, they were not. Born in a Prison to uh, the Shags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But here's the thing. Nobody was, I mean, it's unless you are like a, unless you're a Beatle jerk, it's like, you can find many great qualities on this record. It's still John Lennon. And in fact, what I took away from this, Tony, Mm. what I took away from this was, I mean, I'm still probably a Paul guy. Kill me. I love Paul. But I will always say there's no more important figure in the totality of rock music than John Lennon. What he says, the way he says it, when he succeeds, when he fails, his experimentation. I mean, this is still substandard work from the greatest to ever do it or one of the two greatest to ever do it. So it's worthy of attention it's just marred by a terrible word, substandard songwriting, no pun intended, a whole lot of Yoko. And it just has not been in print for a long time. And even when, I mean, it was funny to walk into record stores in 2015, 2016 and see this at like Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Right. With a hype sticker that's got a universal logo on it, sharing <laughs> the N word. It's true. I mean, yeah, I, I saved wild. the hype sticker. It's, it's hilarious to me. That's the, wild. the juxtaposition there. But yeah, this. It's the album I knew the least about in John's catalog. It is still on the low end of solo Beatles albums that I know about and really care to to listen to. Well, as the artwork suggests, TJ, it is a document of its time. It is a newspaper. Most people throw newspapers away, uh, except for special occasions like the Challenger explosion. So we've hung on to this record. This is perhaps John Lennon's Challenger explosion. Oh, Challenger accepted. Ow. <laughs> Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 